So we're um, halfway through uh, our week of prayer. It began on Wednesday night, and uh, uh, if uh, you've not been to a week of prayer event in the past, well, I encourage you to do so. We simply gather and pray. There's not, not that much to it, really. But we're also seeking to, to wait upon the Lord and uh, to hear him speak to us, and we bring different themes uh, at different times. If you want to find out more about what we're praying for this week, then there is this uh, purple leaflet at the back that David uh, has on the welcome area. Just pick one up and that'll just give you an idea of, of the kind of themes that we're praying on. There's no pressure, just come along, join in and uh, it'll be, it's great. We, we've done lots of different things. And so this morning I, I want us to, to be thinking about praying together a little bit. It was obviously part of, of what the early church, the early Christian community did when, the, when they were together. We read about lots of occasions in the book of Acts, which is the, the story of how the early church grew and developed and the, the kind of hallmarks of, of its life together. We read Christians got together and they prayed on a number of different occasions. We know that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. They asked him once, didn't they? Lord, teach us to pray. And he taught them to pray, and he gave them a prayer to pray. Know that? Remember that prayer? It's often said. Uh, what's the first word of that prayer? Our. our. It's not my father, it's our father. Uh, interesting that. Jesus, even as he taught, gave them that model prayer, he assumed that they would be praying together. Praying together is part of what the Christian kind of experience holds for us. Of course, Jesus also taught his followers to pray one-to-one. -one. You remember he tells them on another occasion, that when you pray, pray one-to-one -one with God. He says, go into a private place and, and spend that time and just tell your Heavenly Father uh, what you need because your Heavenly Father uh, meets you in secret. So there's this one-to-one -one praying, but there's this one-to-one uh, -one with God, as it were, uh, but there's also this, this way of praying together as a whole community. It's important that we do that one-to-one -one as well, isn't it? You can't have a relationship with somebody if you don't speak with them and listen to them. And indeed, the whole Christian life gets going. It really starts. It, it comes into kind of real kind of power in our lives when we individually tell God that we're turning from our own way and we're asking him to rescue us to bring his salvation, his forgiveness into our life. And we can't do that unless we tell him. The whole thing starts with a, a conversation that we have with God as he enables us and as he brings his spirit into our lives in, in response. It's a complex thing. So anyway, praying together then is part of life in the Christian community. So what do we pray for when we pray together? What's it about? Well, there are some guidelines. The Lord's Prayer gives us some massive themes that we can be praying for. Uh, but there aren't many examples in the New Testament of, of what the early church prayed for when they prayed together in community. There are one or two examples, but there aren't that, that many. So if we start looking in the New Testament, you know, get, let's have a model prayer of how the community prayed. There, there isn't that much to draw on. We know they did it, but we don't exactly know uh, what they prayed for. But, if you look at the Old Testament, that's very different. Because the Old Testament describes this whole community of God's people following him together. 
And the New Testament sees uh, itself, or, or the community of Jesus in the New Testament, sees itself as a fulfillment of that Old Testament community. God's kind of, uh, I'm going to walk off the edge of this stage. It's easier to walk right than it is to walk left, actually. Uh, oh, that could be a problem. Anyway, uh, you see God's kind of purpose is going on through the per- person of Jesus into the New Testament. Uh, and New Testament communities are the kind of inheritors of this life, this relationship with God. You may remember what, what, what Peter said about it in 1 Peter. Uh, just have a look at uh, a verse we, we read together in our last series. Turn to page uh, 1218, if you've got a church Bible there, or if you can just listen to it, it's just a couple of verses. Do you remember Peter tells the uh, communities of, of, of Christians he's writing to, he, he says this in verse 9, on 1218. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Now, Peter, all these phrases, if you were Jewish hearing that, you'd be thinking, oh, those are all phrases about the Israelites, the Jewish special relationship with God. Peter's saying now to these communities of believers who, as he says, are are built around Jesus the Messiah as the cornerstone of their faith and their life, they are now these you are the people of God. You weren't any people at all. Now you're, you're standing right there uh, inheriting all that the Jewish people promised and then blew because they rejected their Messiah. Now Peter is saying, you who welcome the Messiah into your life as your king, you are that new community. You're in the line with all that God was doing in the past. So when we look into the Old Testament, we can look at how that Old Testament community prayed And we can say, now we're the people of God. How should we pray? What can we learn from them? Why did they pray as God's community? What did they pray for? How can that help us catch the vision of God's purposes? And that we can pray those things and live those things out in the year ahead. And we're going to look at a psalm that is part of the... uh, Old Testament community, the community that we now kind of inherit, the the promises and all of that, and it's Psalm number 67, and it's a great psalm, it's on page 581, if you'd just like to turn it up, if you're looking at a Bible in the the, the seats. It's it's got a little uh, heading at the top that tells you a bit about the instrumentation, so, musicians, you know, there's some singers there and there's some stringed instruments. It's a song. And this is how it goes. Verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Selah. That your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. Great psalm of praise and of prayer. This is the community praying 
together. What's behind it? How are they able to come like this and pray? What's driving them? What is the kind of great kind of dynamo behind it? Have you noticed? How can they do this? Well, because there's a relationship with God. And the first thing I want us to get hold of as we pray together as a community this week is we pray firstly out of relationship with God. That's where it comes from. Look at verse 6. There's a great little word in verse 6. Second line, just before verse 7. Little word is our. God, our God. What a word that is. What does it mean? Does it mean that God belongs to them? He's their like personal deity, like all the other pagan uh, nations around. That you know, God was their special possession, their secret weapon. You know, they had God in their pocket. You know, like I've got my wallet in my pocket. Is that what that means? I don't think so. It means something much more about that. It's about their relationship with Him. Now, in my dad's family, I, I don't know if it's true around Southampton and Hampshire, but they're from the Isle of Wight. And there are seven brothers and sisters in the family. Some of them are now uh, in heaven. But they always refer to each other as, uh, my dad's called Ed. So everyone in the family, as brothers and sisters, all call him Our Ed. Do you do that, Rana? Do we do that in Southampton? I don't know. And our, you know, it says Our Ed, and there's Our Rob, and there's Our Sylv, and there's Our Eve, and there's Our Matt, and there's Our Stan. I think that's all of them. And there's Our Les, that's right. They're all kind of, you know, what it means is there's this family relationship. They kind of belong to each other. It's the, an expression of, of relationship. And surely that's what this is about. As a community, God is our God in that we're in relationship with him. Now, if you want more proof of that, and there is a lot more proof, look at verse 1. It makes it very clear. Do you recognise that? May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Recognise it? It's a quotation, isn't it? It's from Numbers chapter 6. And again, if we've got time, I think we have, why not keep your one finger in uh, Psalm 67 and look up uh, number 6 on page 141 on the Bible. Numbers, if you start at Genesis, go Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, it's the uh, fourth book of the Bible. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. This is God speaking to Moses and he's giving an instruction to the priests, to Aaron and his sons. He's saying, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. It's an expression of their belonging to God. It's an expression of the fact God says, I've rescued them. These people have come out of Egypt. They've come through the Red Sea. Uh, they're now on the way to the promised land with God. And God gives these words as a, an ex- expression of his commitment to them. So, as he said, you put my name on them, that they belong to him. It's not that he belongs to them, they belong to him. He's their God in that sense. He's taken them to be uh, his people. He's blessing them. They are blessed by God. So when we go back to Psalm 67, these people there are praying out of their knowledge of who they are 
as God's people. They're declaring this fundamental truth that they belong to God, that he's their God, that he's rescued them, that he loves them, that his name is upon them. They're they're bringing this, this, this key thing back to God in prayer. And they're asking God to work that into their lives, to rub it into every part of their experience, that they belong to him, that they are his people, he is their God. That's what's going on as they pray together. They're focusing on these core truths of their very identity as God's people. And you know, when we pray together, we can do that. We restate the primary truth of who we are because of Jesus. We ask God to work out what he's promised to do in Jesus, through us, for us, into the world. Why do we do that? You think, well, what's the point of doing that? God's sovereign. He'll do it anyway. He said he'll do it. He'll do it. I'm a Christian. I've trusted myself to Jesus. That's all right. Can't I just leave it all all there and just kind of carry on as as I was? Well, Well, no. Why pray, people might be thinking. Why go back to these basic things? Well, it's a mystery. But we do know that prayer is wired into the way it all works. That's why God invites us to pray. Jesus invites his followers to do that. He encourages us. He teaches us to pray, our Father, and so on. In fact, he commands his disciples in in John's Gospel that they they should pray. He gives so many promises associated with praying. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Promises about his presence being as people gather in his name. He says, I am there with them. Promises that talk about people agreeing with one another, uh, touching anything, he says, in my name. If you ask it, it will be done. There's these amazing promises that as we meet together and as we pray in his name things get done. Yeah, God's committed to do what he says he'll do, but for some reason, he loves us to ask him to do those things and to get involved with him in what he will do. You see, often we see prayer as like for the extra bits, as it were, of the Christian life, you know, or what we're doing this week. And that's fine, that's good. Let's pray about what we're doing this week and next week and what you might call operational prayers. Like we pray that the pantomime would go well, and it did, it went great. And we're thankful for God to that and for people who worked hard. We'll pray for all the events we do. We'll bring kind of lists. We'll pray for uh, Heather in her practical issues as she goes uh, back to her island uh, later on uh, in, the, in the church lunch and so on. We pray for all those things and that's good. But there's this, this other side of it which says let's... Pray about the core realities. Remind ourselves, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those kind of huge prayers that connect us and remind us and and somehow kind of scoop us up into God's big purposes for us. So these people pray that God will bless them. Again, they pray that the relationship they they have with him will be fresh, that his face will continue to shine upon them. It's good for us to pray those things, isn't it? They're reminded of how God promised to bless Abraham, their ancestor. It's all big, kind of fundamental stuff. And everything else flows out of these core truths, this great reality that we belong to God. Prayer draws us into what God will do. 
We do it because he is so passionate that he could work through us and in us, getting glory from what we do and from what we pray. Isn't that amazing that God would want to do that? You know, in many ways, it's almost as if he preferred to work through weak people like us and broken people and failed people as we pray than just getting on and doing it through an angel. Or because what, why is that? Well, perhaps it's because so much glory goes to him when weak people like us ask him to do things and in, in his strength go ahead and, and do great things for him or small, what we think may be small things but turn out to be a lot greater perhaps than we imagined. He gets glory. So let's not miss the opportunities to pray with others. Not only this week, but at other times when you meet in triplets or in house groups or wherever. To see it's such a big thing that we can do. And let's keep praying that what we have because of Jesus, we'll get more of. That we'll know that deeper, that we'll know God better. It's amazing. The psalm starts with this glorious truth. They're praying out of relationship with God. Let's remember that as we pray. And then it pauses, Selah. What does Selah mean? Some people have speculated. So the word that comes, comes up in the Psalms, we don't know what it is. I heard someone last week preaching, and they suggested scholars, and they had a twinkle in their eye. They said, perhaps it was, a, you know, when David broke a harp string, perhaps that's what he said, you know. Oh, Selah! <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and it kind of got put into that's not my, my joke. I freely confess that, but I thought it was, I thought it was quite good, really. <laughs> so we don't know what it is, but it's, it could be just some kind of psalm. It could just be some kind of musical uh, issue. But most people think, well, at least it means that you pause there. But then the psalm goes on. Secondly, we pray, not just out of relationship with God. We pray the purpose of God, and we live the purpose of God. We pray and live the purpose of God. You see, they're quoting not just Numbers uh, 6, they're also quoting another part of the Bible, the Old Testament. I referred to it earlier. And again, I'm just going to get you to keep one finger in Psalm 67 and with the other one, go to Genesis chapter 12. First book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 12, on page 13 of the Church Bibles. This is God speaking to Abraham, making a great promise to him. And you'll see that this is also in the minds of the people as they say their prayers in Psalm 67. The Lord has said to Abraham, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse And all people on earth will be blessed through you. What is God saying to Abraham? God's saying, I will bless you. I'm going to bring you into relationship with me. Abraham had responded to God's... He'd had some kind of hunch that that he should get out of where he was and that God was to be found elsewhere. And God comes to him and says, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. I'm bringing you into relationship with me. But actually, he says, I'm going to bless you so that other people will be blessed through you. That's the point. You have been blessed to be a blessing to others. So go to verse 2 of Psalm 67, and what do we see? Why do we want God to be gracious to us and bless us and make his shine upon us? Verse 2, that or so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation 
among all nations. Now try and get this. Imagine you're an Israelite uh, at this time uh, singing this song. And you're singing, God, we've been blessed. I can't do the tune. I don't know what it was. God, we've been blessed. We want more of that. Hallelujah. Marvellous. Thank you, Lord. We're your people. So that all the peoples on the earth will be blessed. Imagine you're an Israelite, a little bit narrow-minded possibly, a little bit conscious of being the holy nation, the only ones, the only ones decent on the earth, and suddenly you, you, you've come aware of the fact that you've got that position. Why? So that every people group on earth can be touched by God. Because that's what God said to Abraham. Have we got that? It's for the rest of the world. It's not just for them. You see, there's a vision of what God will do. Being blessed by God has something kind of wired into the DNA of it. And that's something that's wired into it, is that it's for others beyond the community that has the blessing. So in other words, if we're going to pray this, and if we're going to pray it with the purposes of God, then our prayer should be also focused out beyond this community. What's the equivalent of the rest of the world to Israelites, to us today? It's surely everyone else that isn't in our community. It's connected. There's, there's purpose. There's vision here. Have we got that? That's what we're doing. That's why they prayed. That's why we're praying this week. That's what we want to live this year. It's what God wants for us. It's wired into the blessing. We've inherited this blessing, the New Testament says, from Abraham. It's what God's blessed us for so that others beyond our fellowship may know. That's why Jesus tells us that we're to see disciples from all nations becoming followers. That's why we're so happy to send Heather back to the islands to pray that there'll be people from that community who will know Jesus. It's why we're excited that Alison's going to be with us in the next three or four weeks sharing about Central Asia because we're going to send her back there and pray for her. It's why we're involved in this community. It's why we want us to be involved with our networks, our neighbours, our friends, people at work in this coming year because it's all part of God purpose. It's why we've been blessed in the first place. It's connected to our relationship with God. Not some added extra bit for those of us who might think we're missionaries. Fundamental. Wired into the DNA of being blessed. I think that's quite exciting. So what do they pray for? How are nations blessed? What's actually, what does it mean? What can we pray for? I'm going to whiz. I'm going to go for about another five minutes. All right. We're trying to finish early today because of the church forum. And we, oh, we will do. Three ways. Three ways in which this blessing gets worked out to others. Have you seen that? Did you spot them in the psalm? Here's the first one, verse two. That God's ways may be known. God's ways. What God is like truth about him, the story of his involvement in the world. All it's in this word, the Bible. It's great, isn't it, that you know, everyone's going nuts on the King James Version, it being 400 years, and, and predictably it's all about the wonderful language, and da, 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 da. but it's a great opportunity to say, look, this is the story, this is about God's ways. You know, get the story, forget the, you know, the language, it's great in the AV if you can understand it, fantastic. But get the story, get the truth of it. Understand what God's like, what he's done. God's ways to be known. Let's pray for that.
let's uh, find ways to talk about it. Because God's ways, God's truth, they, his ways can be expressed, they can be discussed, they can be argued about. You know, CU students can, can text a toasty, you know, can text a question, uh, there's a question, and then someone goes and gives them a toasty and answers the question or tries to, because it's explaining God's ways. We do Christianity Explored, we talk about it. It's a way of understanding God's ways, the story. It's great, I, I heard that, that uh, Jane and, and Mary and the others in the language classes were, uh, just before Christmas, if you'd gone up there at a certain point, you'd have heard three different stories of the nativity being told to, to, to the, uh, the, those ladies in the language class, many, many Muslims from other backgrounds, just, just hearing the story, God's ways. It's a great opportunity. Let's pray, let's work, let's live that God's ways may be known. Let's know God's ways ourselves. Let's get into Bible reading this year if we've, we've dropped it, you know. Personally, for ourselves, to know God's ways. That's the first. God's ways, talked about, expressed, shared, lived. But more than that, God's salvation. What's it say? Second half of verse 2. Your salvation may be experienced. See, God rescues. The story of Israel, and the story for us too, is how God has intervened and rescued. He rescued them from Egypt. He's rescued us from sin from Satan, from death, in what Jesus has done. It's a story of God intervening, God doing things, God acting in people's lives. I wasn't here last week, but I heard the CD. It was great to hear people talking about what God had done in their lives over the past year. And sure, there may be ups and downs and all all of that, but still we hold on to the fact that God is a God who does things, who intervenes. He's intervened in Jesus. He intervenes in our lives. He intervenes in healing. He intervenes in giving us grace. He intervenes in all kinds of ways. God's salvation, God's intervention can be known. and, and, And that's part of blessing the world. That's part of living this relationship out into the wider world. So let's pray for that intervention. We've been, we were praying on Friday for someone in the group. Martin was sharing one of his work colleagues. He's not a believer, is he, your work colleague? We, he's facing big issues in his life. He knows that we're praying for him because Martin shared that with him. We were praying for, for uh, Jackie's daughter, Lydia, and, and Jackie was able to share the story of, the, of our prayers, of the house group's prayers for, for Lydia's baby and how the baby's been delivered and can even be seen on TV, I think, a, a week tomorrow. Now, I don't think they put the story, Jackie shared the story on, with the cameras, but I don't think they put it into the final edit. But people have heard the story. God intervened. God answered prayers. For, for some reason, what seemed to be a, a huge issue for that developing child was, was resolved. God intervened. God's salvation. And finally, God's justice. It says there in verse uh, 4, May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly, you guide the nations of the earth. God's righteousness working into our lives, into society, praying for God's ways to be known, God's justice to be seen. That's why, again, it's great that we can be involved in in working for justice, global issues. You know, stuff is not just, it's just not right, is it, that we, we're approaching a, a huge worldwide food shortage as, as commodity prices are rocketing up. And one of the reasons is that some of us in the West, the Western farmers, are growing so much food for biofuels 
that they're not growing food to be eaten. So we're growing food to stick into our cars so that we can drive our cars. And meantime, the, the food prices are rocketing so high. We, we need to, you know, that's not just. It's not just that so many children die from drinking filthy water. It's not just that street girls in Southampton are exposed to what they're exposed to. And so we're involved through others in that. It's not just that refugees are treated in the way that they are. And, and, and so, you know, there's a whole load of ways in which God's, God's justice needs to be seen, worked out. That's why we want to pray for justice in, in the Sudan, in Pakistan, in other places. So God's ways may be known, his salvation may be experienced, his justice may be worked out into life. So God's people pray for his blessing on them and the ends of the earth fear him. Verses 6 to 7. The land will yield its harvest and God our God will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. The two things go together. It's amazing. There's such a lot of joy, power, transformation, worship, praise, jaw-dropping wonders as we move in God's purposes in mission. And if we're really praying for God's blessing on us, then it's going to have to be worked out in his blessing through us to others. So let's pray this prayer. Hi guys, nearly finished, sorry. (laughs) Let's pray this prayer in Psalm 67. Look how God will use us this year. Let's pray out of relationship with God. Enjoy and and ask for more of the big things God has done for us in Jesus. But let's pray with a vision for the blessing of others outside of this community. As God's ways are known, his salvation is experienced and his justice is worked out in people's lives. For his glory. Amen. Thank you.